This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. The Bucks never stop here. You're listening to Green and Growing, hosted by Sparky Pfeiffer and Nathan Marzion. Hey, it's C. Sparky. Pfeiffer time for another edition of Green and Growing. How are you doing on this fine, fine day? You can follow me on Twitter at Sparky Radio. Don't forget, you can also download Green and Growing podcasts on your Odyssey app or wherever you download your favorite podcasts. And from time to time, you can catch us streaming live on the Odyssey Sports YouTube page. Normally, anytime both of us are doing the show, which is not the case today, Nathan, uh, taking the day off here on Thursday. But when we're both doing it, it's always streamed live on the Odyssey Sports YouTube page when I am flying solo like today. Uh, I just recorded in a prod studio, and uh, you're not going to see any video because it's just me and a computer screen and a microphone. Not a lot going on in the world of the NBA necessarily. However, uh, this story coming out from EuroHoops.net on Twitter, Giannis uh, is set to decide whether or not he can play for Greece this summer upon medical testing uh, on his knee, further testing on his knee. Now, I've seen a a lot of different uh, responses uh, to this. Uh, and a lot of uh, Bucks fans, obviously, not wanting him to be a part of playing for Greece in the World Cup and, and doing that whole thing. I, I'll say this. I, I don't want him playing either. <laughs> Absolutely not. I have no interest in having him play for Greece. I don't like him playing uh, in the Olympics. I don't like him playing in the World Cup. I don't like him playing in exhibitions or anything else outside of in a Milwaukee Bucks uniform. So let me make that very clear. I am 100% against, you know, wanting to see him play. Uh, unlike Marzian, Nathan Marzian, who is my co-host, follow him on Twitter at Nathan Marzian, who roots for Greece because Giannis is on the team and that's his favorite player of all time. He'll root for Greece. I'm not rooting for Greece, regardless if Giannis is on the team or not. I'm going to root for uh, U.S. Uh, at, at the end of the day. Now, having said that, now that you know where I stand, I will say this. I understand why he wants to play for them. That's where he's from. That country is everything to him. If you go around the NBA as he plays on the road and you've seen the videos over the course of time of him in the NBA, all these different groups of people that are from Greece and so forth uh, that are showing up at these games with the flag from Greece and all of that and that bond that he has with that country and the people and the communities and so forth and the kids yeah, it's a big damn deal. And to be honest, from our standpoint, we're being a bunch of selfish morons, idiots uh, at this point, myself included, for saying, no, don't play. Absolutely not. It's hard to fathom being in the position that he's in. Going from being on the streets and, you know, hustling to try and get uh, any penny and any amount of money that you could get if you've 
watch the the documentary or the movie that Disney put out. Not sure how factual it is, but I'm sure a lot of it is factual. They were involved in the in the making of the movie, him and his family. Um, but but that gives you an idea of where he came from. And then coming to the U.S., obviously, as we all know, and uh, the famous stories of learning how to drive with Bucks GM John Hammond and taking a limo for the first time and what was it, getting a slushy or something along those lines, whatever it was, and going to Walmart for the first time and that that whole thing. That, that was all a big deal, right? He was he was growing up and learning the different ways of the U.S. and so forth because this was not his home country. Uh, and now, obviously, he lives here part of the year or most of the year playing for the Milwaukee Bucks. And then, of course, he's got his place still uh, that he has in Greece. Now, to think that if you put yourself in his shoes and say you were born here and you had an opportunity to become famous make way more money in another country than you could make here doing whatever it is. I have no idea. It could be a sport, could be uh, some other industry, you know, that's not sports related, but you had a chance to go make millions and millions of dollars and become the face of whatever it is, but you would have to go do it in another country and live there most of the year and, and do that. And then had an opportunity to, you know, possibly represent the U S in some type of competition or whatever the case may be, I mean, would you would you want to still do that or would you be, ah, don't care about the U.S.? I mean, I know I was born and raised there and went to school there and my family all still lives there and all that, but who cares? I'm not I'm not doing any of that stuff. I, I, I don't care enough about that. Maybe, may, maybe that would be your, your logic behind it and not really caring one way or the other. I know a lot of people don't care about watching the Olympics, don't care about the flag, I don't care about any of that stuff. So there may be more people out there than I realize. I, for one, obviously would still want to represent my country, regardless of what it's in. It, I don't. It doesn't matter what it would be in. It could be a battle of radio hosts, uh, uh, a debate show, a trivia show, whatever. But but you have an opportunity to represent your country against other countries. Yes, I'd want to represent my country if I was one of the top, you know, uh, at whatever it is that we're doing the competition with. And there's international competition in all kinds of different sports that you may not know about, I may not know about, but that do exist. That may not get the TV coverage here in this country like it does uh, in other countries. So I'm not going to be mad at Giannis or knock Giannis because Giannis wants to figure out any way possible to possibly get out there and help his team win uh, in international play. And as an organization, you can cringe about the fact of him playing and you can be Peter Fagan and Bucks ownership and Adrian Griffin, Bucks head coach and worry constantly about him possibly getting hurt playing over there. Or you can do everything in your power to try and help him achieve what he wants to achieve. Now we know that in the past, I, I believe they've had people with him in Greece that were members of the Bucks organization, trainers, and whatever the case may be over there, keeping an eye on him. Um, so maybe he didn't go too far or if something did happen to him, there was somebody right there within the organization uh, to help out. I, I would assume that same thing would happen again. If he were to play in the world cup, that bucks would have all eyes and hands on him uh, and keep in track of what's going on. Now you're being there is not going to you know stop him from landing awkwardly on a knee or an ankle or come crashing down onto an elbow or something like Bogut, like, People being there is not going to change that necessarily. But what you do want to make sure is 
that whatever the medical tests say or reports say about this extent of an injury of whether he can play or can't play, you want to be involved in those discussions because it could be just a high ankle sprain that, you know, he probably should sit out a couple of weeks with, but they're saying you, you can miss a game. That's fine. But I need you back by before we play this game against Russia or whoever the case may be. Uh, and then that's where you can step in as the Oregon professional organization from the NBA and say, no, no, we don't feel comfortable with him playing this game. Sorry. We're going to request that he sit out again. And then hopefully Giannis listens to you, obviously, because you're the one, you know, paying his checks and signing his checks as far as whether or not he plays. It's a complicated deal. I, I would just say for Bucks fans to kind of chill out, right? I just kind of chill. You you have to understand where he's coming from. And uh, I'm not saying that we've all lived through that because we obviously haven't, but just kind of think about it a, a little bit before you get on social media. And I'm seeing people on Twitter getting all pissed off about this whole thing. Why? What, what is it? What does it matter? It, it doesn't affect your day-to-day life one way or the other. Now, let's say he goes and, and plays for Greece and something happens and he gets hurt and he misses part of the season or God forbid he misses the whole season, right? That would suck. I, I 1000% that would suck. But the other thing about it would be is you'd get to see really how good the rest of these guys truly are. And the easy way to kind of make that comparison to something that we've all lived through is look at the Green Bay Packers and Aaron Rodgers. We've all lived through that. Prior to that first collarbone injury that Rodgers had, everybody was in Ted We Trust. In Ted We Trust. All about Ted Thompson, the Packers general manager, right? Everybody had their blind loyalty to Ted Thompson. Once Aaron Rodgers was hurt, and then you got to see what this whole team looked like without the quarterback bailing him out, that's when everybody realized, holy crap, this team really isn't all that good talent-wise, but Rodgers makes everything look so much better because of how good he truly is. And I think at that point, there became a better appreciation for how good 12 was uh, and uh, maybe some questioning of really what the general manager has been doing this whole time. And then as time went on, now that there was a little bit more of a spotlight on what was happening on the talent from a talent perspective, uh, not just looking at wins and losses, which is what everybody was doing to that point. Cause I, you know, just previously won a super bowl and so forth. That's when the heat came on Ted Thompson a little bit. And when people started uh, getting a little fidgety uh, about Ted being the general manager. So we've been through it before. What would Chris Middleton look like as the number one option on this basketball team for a full season? How many points could he really average on a full season? Uh, Do I want to find out? No. But am I intrigued to see? Oh, yeah. I would be intrigued to see. Absolutely. Could he average 25 points a game? Could he average 26 points a game? What would Drew Holiday average? Points and assists. If Giannis wasn't out there and Drew knew he had to be the second option with Chris Middleton, that they both had to go get 20-plus points a night. What would Drew Holiday's offense look like night in, night out? How much more of a factor could Drew Holiday be on this team if Giannis wasn't there. I'd be highly, highly interested in seeing what his numbers would look like by the end of the year. Just how good would this team be as far as how many games over 500 would they be? What seed in the playoffs would they be? Because, listen, providing the rest of the team stays healthy for the most part the rest of the year outside of Giannis, I still think this team is a playoff team. I still think this team is probably a five or a six seed in the Eastern Conference even without Giannis, providing, again, the rest of them stay healthy. Brooke Lopez, how does his role change? Do they let Brooke Lopez play more around the basket without Giannis on the floor? And he becomes kind of that guy around the rim that's passing out to shooters all around him. That also, to me, 
would be an intriguing aspect of this whole thing. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, so again, would it be horrible? Yes. Would the championship dreams of this year be vanquished? Yeah, absolutely. Flush them down the toilet and they're over. But you could learn a whole lot about Adrian Griffin and his coaching staff with Terry Stotts and Joe Prunty and these guys, uh, as well as just how good are these other guys that have kind of been in Giannis's shadow for a number of years? Just how good are they still at this point? We all believe this is a team that can win a championship with Giannis. I don't think anybody doesn't think that's the case. Without Giannis, I think we all believe that they can't win a championship. But we don't know is how good could they be without him. That would be uh, interesting. And again, Giannis, kind of a unicorn. Kind of something we haven't seen before. There really isn't a comparison to what Giannis is. Kind of like this Victor Wembenyama dude uh, that's coming in to play for the San Antonio Spurs, the number one overall pick. Same type of deal. The big difference is there wasn't hype around Giannis coming out. None. There was a little hype around him. I shouldn't say none. There was a little talk and smattering on social media about this dude that's rising through the ranks leading up to the draft and the, I don't know, last week or so of the draft. Hey, watch out for this dude. Word has it. Some teams in the middle of the uh, of the first round may be looking at him. Keep an eye on this guy. Very raw, but watch out. I don't think anybody thought he could be this good. As great as he is, I don't think anybody saw that coming, but there was a little bit of momentum. Not like this. We haven't seen anything like this since LeBron James. That was the last thing, last time we've seen anything like this. Now, Tracy McGrady uh, had some things to say, and this is from a podcast uh, that he was on. Uh, uh, and on Victor Weminyama, and does he see a little bit of himself in his game and skill set, said McGrady? Uh, no. No, but I would say this about the kid. He has great talent to be his size, but also Bulbul has similar talent, right? That's why I said that I've seen this before. Bulbul has a similar skill set to what Victor is. It's just that he's not going to get the opportunity that Victor is going to get. Time out. I'll get to the rest of this. Time out. Hold on. Hold the phone here. Hold on. Listen, do I like Bulbul? I do. I do like Bulbul. And he had his opportunities in Orlando to do his deal. If 
Tracy McGrady is right, and this dude is mobile. He's gonna be a he's gonna be a bust. Let's be honest. He's going to be a a, a bust at the end of the day. Because let's be honest about something here. Bobol gets moved around and pushed around and doesn't have the, the, the physical strength necessarily to deal with this game in a game out for a, a, a big amount of minutes. So if Weminyama is Bobol, this is a bust. That's all that is. Or, or somebody is going to sign Bobol and have a superstar if they give him a ton of minutes. That it's one or the other. So if McGrady is right about Bobol and everybody's right about Wembenyama, then Bobol could be a superstar in this league if given the opportunity in minutes. I find it hard to believe that multiple coaching staffs have had this dude and he hasn't gotten the consistent run that Wembenyama is going to get if he is that type of talented. So because again, if McGrady's right about Bobol, then somebody should snatch him up give him, you know, 30 minutes a game and see what this dude can do. It's not going to be a good team. It's going to be a bad team and let him go. That's what you had in Orlando and he couldn't get consistent run in Orlando either. So where does he go to get that consistent run? I have no idea, but I'm intrigued now after Tracy McGrady compared Wemben Yama to Bulbul. Are you absolutely kidding me? All right, he goes on. However, the hype around this kid is too much for me. Talking about Victor Wemben Yama. And I'm not saying it because he doesn't deserve it, but let's let this kid develop and see what he's going to be. Y'all talking about the greatest player of all time and this and that. Like, come on, man. We got to chill out with that. We don't know what this kid is going to be. I do know that he's going to be well prepared. He's going to get the best advice that he possibly could get from anybody because he's surrounded by greatness. Greg Popovich, Tim Duncan, David Robinson. And so in that sense, he's going to be prepared for anything that he's about to endure, but let it play out, man. McGrady continues. We don't know how great this kid is going to be. We just don't know. This is the NBA, bro. He's going to be going up against some real dogs out here that are looking at that and is going to take offense to that. You know what I'm saying? By him coming over from France and you think that he's going to be the top dog, it's going to be some guys over here on this soil that's going to challenge that. So let's let this play out. It's too much. Can I, can I just say something here quick? In, maybe the observation that I'm making here is the wrong observation. So if it is, tweet me at Sparky Radio and tell me I'm nuts. Is this just because dude ain't from here? Is that is that what this is? Is this just more of the same crap that we've had with Giannis where they just don't want to give the respect to the dude because he ain't from here. He didn't play AEU ball. He didn't do it the way they did it. So we can't respect him the same way. Is that what it's always going to be? Every time some dude comes from overseas, we're going to have to go through this. Why did McGrady have to point out that he thinks he's coming over here from France and going to do that? So that's really what this is all about. This is not, it doesn't appear to be anything other than that for McGrady. Other than he's not from here. I don't want to hear how great he's going to be and come over here and play at some high level against guys that have played here their whole lives. That's pretty much what McGrady is saying. And that is ridiculous. Who cares where he's from? Who cares? Who cares what country he's from? Who cares what small little village or town he may be from? Why does that matter? Why should it matter? It shouldn't matter. And the crap part about this is that you've got young kids 
and young adults in their 20s and so forth that look at McGrady and respect McGrady and know who Tracy McGrady is, seen his highlights on YouTube, older guys like me watched his whole career come come about and play, and now this dude has a platform to speak on all these different NBA things, just like a lot of these other athletes do. And to drop that he's from France line is just ridiculous. I'm sorry. It it really is. And it's uncalled for too. And I get him giving love to Popovich and Duncan and Robinson and all that stuff, but that's just crazy. It's from uh, the Scoop B Radio Overtime Podcast. Uh, if you're looking it up uh, wherever you download your podcast at Scoop B Radio Overtime. I like Scoop B myself. Follow him on Twitter. Uh, fun follow. But that's just, I, I don't I don't see the point in, in why you have to drop that line. Do I agree with him that there's too much hype around Wemanyama? Yes. That I 1,000% agree with you on. No question. Now, will he live up to the hype like LeBron did? Like Shaq did? I don't know. We're going to find out if he can live up to the hype like those two. If he lives up to the hype like, uh, to the aspect of Duncan, right? Let's say he is essentially Tim Duncan the second. Longer, right? But Duncan was the big fundamental. Nothing flashy about Duncan. But Duncan could do everything you could ask somebody to do. Could take the outside shot, could take the mid-range shot, could play in the post, could pass. Money, for the most part, at the free throw line, could shoot okay at the free throw line, could block shots, could rebound. Did everything. When history looks back at Tim Duncan, do they look back on him and look at his numbers and how he dominated the game uh, and think highly of Tim Duncan the same way they do of the Kevin Garnetts and other guys? Nope. Is that right? Nope. He should be considered one of the greatest power forwards of all time. And so many times, you don't even hear his name come up when you start having these conversations about who is the best power forward of all time and so forth. Hardly ever comes up. Because, again, we start talking about who's in the media and who's talking. His game was boring. Now, they respect how good he was and so forth, but he didn't have the power of a Barkley or some of these other guys, right? He wasn't a sharpshooter by necessarily any means, but he was a really good, I, I would say, jump shooter uh, throughout his career. If Weminyama is Tim Duncan, which means he's a Hall of Fame player and he's with the Spurs for 15, 20 years playing at that level and wins you know, three, four rings, how will he be considered? Will he be considered in the same breath as LeBron? Will he be considered in the same breath as Michael? And some of these other guys that have dominated and are considered the greatest of all time, I don't think he will. I really don't. If there isn't any type of flash or power, something along those lines, Shaq was all about power. I was having this conversation uh, with my buddy GA from Hot 1057 uh, here in Milwaukee uh, earlier today. We were talking about Shaq and really how he really never cared to really expand his game. Never really had a jump shot. Never expanded his game outside of, I don't know, three to five feet with that little baby hook that he had. It was pretty much, I'm going to overpower you and try and break the backboard every time I dunk the basketball. And nobody could stop him. No two people could stop him. When he came into the league, he was, you know, a, a physical dude, but he was also very athletic. Could get up and down the floor. He was sleek. Uh, he was uh, He was unbelievable. By the end of his career, 
uh, yeah, that wasn't the case <laughs> so much anymore. He completely, his body just completely right? uh, got bigger uh, as time went on by the end of his career. And you go back uh, and you think about what Kobe Bryant said. You read that Phil Jackson book uh, back in the day that Phil had talking about the Kobe and Shaq a soap opera. Kobe was pissed at Shaq back in the day because Shaq didn't work. That's why he was pissed. Because he wanted Shaq to try to, to get to the next level. And Shaq was perfectly fine being the most dominant big man the NBA had seen in years. And he didn't feel the need, apparently, to try and do anything more than he was. Kobe was a guy that was always trying to add something else to his game. Like Michael Jordan. Like so many of these greats and Hall of Famers. Shaq didn't see a reason to. There was nobody that could stop him. So why worry about trying to do something else when they can't stop me as is? Which, fine, that's that's Jack's perspective, right? But when you talk about Wembenyama and what he's going to do, I don't see how he wows people. How does he become that? Giannis is big, physically uh, imposing, because he's put all the work in in the weight room. He's put all the work in in the offseason, right? He's a, he's a bull coming down the lane that you have to deal with with all that power. Wembenyama is not that by any stretch of the imagination. Now, can he add that much muscle and get to that point? Yes. If he does, then we're going to really be talking about Wembenyama for quite some time. But if him and Chad Holmgren from Oklahoma City end up just being what they are and add, you know, five to 10 pounds and that's it. And they're going to be that thin. A, I d- I'm not convinced they're going to be able to stay healthy uh, throughout their career with the wear and tear that they're going to get. And I know when Benyama has this whole workout that he does before games, after games, in between games, all this other stuff that has kept him healthy to this point. That's great. But it, once you get into the NBA and you're playing their schedule, and then on top of that, you're expected to make postseason runs, and that's what the expectation is going to be with the San Antonio Spurs. Once you get to that point, and you can ask LeBron, you can ask Giannis, you can ask these guys that consistently are there, Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Draymond, those guys that are consistently every year in the playoffs and making deep runs. And then you get, you know, by the time you're done with the playoffs, it's middle of June. And then you get July, August, and then training camp starts in middle to end of September, and you're right back at it again. That is a lot to ask out of the human body as far as through the year. Now, I know they're getting rest days and so forth, and that's supposedly you know trying to help them. But it's still a lot. And year in and year out and year in and year out, it takes a lot. And, and people don't talk about LeBron James and how crazy it is, how healthy he really has been throughout a majority of his career. You think about how much basketball that dude has played from the time he was a kid to where he is now. And most people won't play that much basketball in their life. In their life, they won't play that much basketball. And this dude's trying to play until his kids are both in the NBA. That is amazing. Remember he talks about how good he is as a basketball player. The fact he's been able to stay as healthy as he has for a majority of his career is crazy to me. And that's another challenge that Weminyama is going to have kind of going forward, which goes back to this whole thing that we started talking about with McGrady's comments, uh, as far as it, it being too much too soon and all this other stuff. Do I agree with the bowl comparison? I don't. And I think other people would laugh and say, you're nuts. 
But who knows? Maybe Bobo will become a superstar. McGrady will be proven correctly. Or Wembenyama will be a complete bust and McGrady will be, McGrady will be proven correctly again. But I just, I think McGrady's just missing the mark. And the France reference drives me absolutely crazy. Like I absolutely hate um, that reference. I don't think it needs to be said where he's from. I don't think it matters where he comes from, even though they want to talk about that. One last thing here. NBA 2K24 uh, ratings are out. First look at the ratings. This is from Hoops Hype. Uh, the Joker with a 98 overall. LeBron with a 96. Now, should LeBron have a 96? I'm just curious. Like, would a majority of you say LeBron should have the second highest rating in the game. Uh, Joel Embiid, a 96. He definitely proved it last year. Steph Curry, 96. Okay, fine. Kevin Durant, a 96. Giannis, a 96. Then the next tier in the 2K24 game, Luka with a 95. Tatum, a 95. Jimmy Butler, a 95. With all due respect to Jimmy Butler, no way. There's, there is no way that he's a 95. Did he step up and ball out of the playoffs? Yes. But if we're talking about throughout the course of a year, he is not that dominant player night in and night out in the NBA. He's just not. Sorry. You you watch Heat games. Some nights he's there and he looks like Jimmy Butler in the playoffs. And other nights he's there and he's just a dude going up and down the court. He's just He's not consistently like Giannis, like Curry, like these guys. He's not that guy in the regular season. Playoffs? Don't mess with him. Agreed. Understood. I don't agree with the 95 rating on him. Devin Booker, 94. Okay, fine. Damian Lillard, 94. That's interesting because you still don't know where he's going to play. Maybe it doesn't matter where he plays, right, for these overall ratings. I think it should matter some, though. I, I would think because if if Lillard ends up going somewhere and it's the surroundings make him even a better asset because he's going to get even more shots or be even more of a lethal weapon because he'll have more assists because there's better players around him, whatever the case may be. I think that could overall affect his rating. Kawhi Leonard also with a 94. That's, uh, again, from Hoops, I, the uh, first look at the NBA uh, ratings. So number one is the Joker. Hard to argue that at this point, uh, as he has been uh, remarkable. Uh, and doing his thing and, and, and finishing and winning a championship and the evolution of him is amazing. And the crazy thing about the Joker, and I, I will say that about him and I'll say it about Luka, Neither one of those guys look like they're in that great of shape. Neither one of them do. When you compare what their body type looks like compared to Giannis and Durant and some of these other dudes, they do not look like necessarily that they're some dominant NBA basketball player, especially not Luka. They, they just, they don't. But while that may be the case, they get the job done. And they get the job done at the highest of levels. You know, you think, oh boy, I got to have, you know, a, a, a 35 pack or whatever the case may be. And I got to have rock board abs and I got to be able to do this, this, and this, and this in order to play in the NBA. And those guys are like, oh, no, not necessarily. Mm-mm. No, no, no. We could figure out ways to win and, and dominate at a high level without necessarily looking like that. You talk about greatest athletes of all time. Is Joker in that conversation? I don't think so. Is Luca in that conversation? No, I don't think so. I'm saying athletes. I'm not saying NBA players. I'm saying athletes. And when you're talking about athletes, you're talking about guys that are super freaky athletic that if you put them in, you know, different competitions would be unbelievable no matter where you put them because they're that good of an athlete. Those guys, in my opinion, aren't that. But 
when it comes to being a basketball player, otherworldly, I, I guess, to a certain degree for both of those guys at an elite, elite, elite level. Yeah, Joker was a second-round pick, man. <laughs> because, again, people looked at that dude and said, yeah, come on. I mean, maybe he'll be a role player off the bench, but he's not going to dominate like that. There's no way. And he's dominating like that. That'll do it for another edition of Green and Growing. Our guy, Nathan Marzion, he'll be back when we record next, coming up on Monday night as uh, we inch closer through the month of August, uh, just over a month away from spring, not from spring training, duh, uh, from uh, NBA training camp. And then things pick up and we get back into the action of seeing some Bucks preseason games, seeing some Bucks NBA games. Uh, and lots to talk about uh, between now and then. Thanks for tuning in to another edition of Green and Growing. Follow me on Sparky at Sparky Radio on Twitter. And then, of course, you can also download the podcast on your Odyssey app or wherever you download your favorite podcast. Have a good one. Toodles!